chances are you've already laughed once. You've laughed at me and my suspenders. Um, right? Uh, now, there's a little backstory to this. My wife, whenever, uh, sometimes she'll find a Christmas gift for me early, and she'll be so excited and so eager about it that I end up getting it early. And uh, these suspenders, apparently I said some time ago that I would love to have suspenders, and I am not a fashionable guy. Uh, my, my family says that I should be on that show, What Not to Wear. I don't know if that's still um, like out there, but, uh, but last night my wife just kept going on and on about it. She said, I don't know if you'll like it. I just don't know. I really just want to give it to you, but I don't know if you'll like it. And if you don't like it, just be honest. And so I, I'm like, just, just go ahead and just give it to me. Right? She said, well, close your eyes. I opened it, and they're UK suspenders. And I was like, I love it now. There's one thing to say you love it, but then you can prove that you love it if you get up in front of a room full of people and wear it anyways, right? Um, so uh, I, if I get enough compliments uh, today, I, this just might be what I wear every time I do preach, right? And Vanya, Vanya, this is for you. He wanted me to do that at least once up here. So, um, oh boy, here we go, right? Um, all right, well, we're going to look in uh, Galatians chapter 5, right? We've been in this series called Unlocking Freedoms. Um, and this is Galatians 5, verses 16 through 26. And we'll go ahead and tell you that we're going to be in Romans a lot, too. Right? We're just going to be in Galatians and Romans. We'll just be going back and forth. Um, so here's what, here's what our passage is for today. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, envying each other. So where it says, let us keep in step with the Spirit, I want you to keep that in mind as you watch this, uh, this video from last May. I was teaching my son how to ride a bike, right? He's been on training wheels, and we took the training wheels off. Now, don't judge my ability to train him, right? I look ridiculous in trying to teach him how to ride his bike, but um, don't judge my ability to do that, okay? But let's check out this video. Let's, let's watch it. It's always funnier the second time. Let's just one more time just for, just for funsies, right? Here I am rocking and rolling. And then, oh, there it goes. And I don't know if you heard it before, but here in a minute, my wife says, are you okay? And Dave's like, I'm okay. <laughs> but here, you know, am I okay? <laughs> um, Man, and here's the thing, when I was teaching to ride this bike, if you're in my neighborhood, you'll see, too, as we're going down, to the left is the street, right? 
Lots of cars that come flying up and down the street. And to the right, it's just a straight downhill down to a culvert with a 10-foot drop down to rocks down below. Right? And I'm sitting here thinking, like, I'm reminded of that passage of Scripture that says, wide is the path to destruction, right? On either side, we'll get hit by a car, or we're going to roll off the hill, you know, down into the creek and into a bunch of rocks. And narrow is the path um, to heaven. And I'm kind of reminded of that, and I was not the right guy, you know, as, as a lot of y'all now know, like, I'm tunnel vision, right? I just didn't see where the sidewalk was, okay? So I just, I just fell off and tripped and fell. Whew. Now, this is going to matter for, for today. Um, I want to point this first, before we get into this passage in Galatians, let's take a look at Romans chapter 9, verse 30 through 32. Right. What shall we say? That the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have now obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith? But the people of Israel who pursued the law as the way of righteousness have not attained their goal. Why not? Because they pursued it not by faith, but as if it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. The last time I preached up here, I talked a lot about being a slave to the law. And I shared this example in my class about um, what uh, paper clips. And I was like, don't break the paper clips. And you start getting all these students like, or I said, don't lose the paper clip. And you get them breaking it and you get them, you know, oh, can I put it in my mouth? And it's like, you come up with all these lost laws of things that you should not do. So much so that we become so concerned with are we following the laws that we start walking this, this balancing act and, and living in fear of am I going to mess up? And here we have exactly right here this idea again, but that the Jews who, who have tried to attain faith by, by their works and by following the law, but they've stumbled over the stumbling stone. You know, the law was put in place that we might be aware and know our condition of sin, that we might know that we are sinning against God, that we have fallen short, but the very thing that was there to protect us became a very thing that made them stumble again because they became a slave to that law and so concerned with these list of rules and codes and regulations that they weren't even living free. But what we see now as the Gentiles who didn't even do works, right? They said they've obtained it by faith. And now we have this thing where we almost have this identity crisis. We can realize that Christ has canceled the law. He crucified it to the cross. It's done with. But now it can become very easy. As Paul says this idea in Romans 6, he says we're where sin increases, grace increases all the more. So what do we say? Do we just keep on sinning so that we can experience grace? No, that's stupid. You died to sin, right? We had this thing now where because the law is, is canceled, are we going to live in freedom to pursue the Spirit and pursue righteousness, or are we going to pursue the flesh? It's easy to say, well, we don't have to go by this law anymore. Can I just live the way I want and that's not freedom either. See, the law keeps the flesh in check. It's almost like, uh, you know, in the spirit of my UK suspenders, I'm going to the basketball game tonight, so uh, there's like the sports analogies we'll use, right? I, I kind of think of when we, when we live by the law and we keep a checklist of things that, okay, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that. We're playing defense, right? We're playing defense, we're playing it safe, but are we playing offense? Are we playing offense? And I think that's the important thing about uh, living free in the spirit, the freedom to play offense. Now, this idea of uh, when we look back, let's look at uh, Galatians 5, 16 through 18, the start of our passage. Right? So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. 
when we see this idea that the law is canceled, and now we have this identity crisis, so we can live according to the law, we can live according to the flesh, we can live according to the Spirit. And this identity crisis, you can see so much in Paul, who wrote Galatians, what he also writes in Romans. Romans chapter 7. Look at Romans 7, 14 through 25. And I think you'll see this identity crisis of how exactly do we live now. You'll see this identity crisis in himself. He says, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. We have the spirit and we have the flesh. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. Now, we all wrestle with this. This juxtaposition here, right? And you have to look no further than your own kids. Those of you that are parents. So I know these past couple of days, my wife and I will look at my son and be like, why on earth did he just do that? What makes sense about what he just did? <laughs> the law of the flesh in us. We see it in our kids and it's in ourselves too. When they are in direct opposition to each other. What we want to do, we don't do. What we don't want to do, we do. <laughs> We had this wrestling with us. We had this identity crisis of how we're living with our freedom. The reality is, is that the spirit, though, right, as the law kept our flesh in check, but really just only allowed us to play defense, the spirit keeps our flesh in check, but allows us to play offense. It allows us to do something with this freedom. It moves us forward. Because the reality is, is that Christ wants you to maximize your freedom. He wants you to experience a life of peace and fulfillment that can only come from him. And I want you to think about that today. Today is really about how do we maximize our freedom. We've had so much talk about how the grace of God unlocks our freedom, but how do we maximize that freedom? Now, there's this illusion of freedom, though. A lot of times when we think of freedom, we think of this idea that we can do what we want. But that's not freedom. And Paul tells us this, too, in Galatians 5, 17. Right? For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. That's not freedom. And I think about these generational gaps in wisdom as you grow up. For example, with our kids, right? If you tell your kids, brush your teeth, would you get some resistance? The kids, when they're young, they don't want to, I want to brush my teeth. I want to watch TV. I want to do this. I want to do that. I don't want to brush my teeth. They don't understand, right? But we know the wisdom is that you should still brush your teeth because then you show them a picture. I show my son, never forget, first time he resisted brushing his teeth. So let me show you something. This guy on my phone put up a picture of just like rotten teeth, decayed teeth. And I said, this is why you brush your teeth, right? Because <laughs> there are still consequences <laughs> to that. Saying you do what you want to do, right? My son said, I don't want to brush my teeth. We think that that's freedom, but it's not. There are consequences that come with that. Just uh, over fall break, we were in Somerset, Kentucky at Bear Wallow Farms. It's kind of like our Galleron Farms here. Pumpkin patch, all kinds of fun stuff to do. They had a petting zoo. 
And my son was feeding these goats. And when the goat was done eating out of his hand, my son stuck his finger in the fence. And the goat started nibbling on his finger. You know, my wife, Mary, said, Jay, don't do that. Now, we think freedom is I do what I want. You don't tell me what to do, right? But Mary knows better. And sure enough, oh, that goat bit on his finger and pierced it. I mean, he was bl- blood just coming out of his finger. He comes and buries his head in my legs. All the other parents are looking at us with a judgy look like, mm-mm-mm, you know. <laughs> but that's not freedom. Freedom is not just doing what you want. But it's not just in kids. We think even teenagers, right? As a teacher, I see this all the time, this idea of the parents telling their kids, like, stay away from the, the, you know, the parties, from the drinking, from the this, from the that. And kids are like, you can't tell me what to do. They think that freedom is doing what they want to do. So they go out and do it, and then I, you know, I hear stories of kids and, and the, the shame that comes after they engage in those things or being caught by the cops and doing this or accidents and all this. And then they're stuck with pain. Just like my son was stuck with pain because he didn't listen, right? We have this idea we think what, we know what freedom is. But it carries even to adulthood, right? Even as you get older and older, there's always someone older than us telling us wisdom from the life they've experienced, but we think freedom is doing what we want. And so even for us older, right, as you hit adulthood, credit cards. <laughs> you get that power. It's like, oh, all I got to do is swipe the card. I get what I want. Now, I want to show you the Saturday Night Live skit. Um, but that, I think, really just shows this. Now, for whatever reason, the video uh, has subtitles in French. Uh, I have no, it's the only video I could find of it. Um, so the subtitles in French, but it's, the video is in English. But let, let's watch this. I just can't get these numbers to add up. It's like we're never gonna get out of this hole. Credit card debt, does it ever end? (laughs) Maybe I can help. We sure could use it. We've tried debt consolidation companies. We've even taken out loans to help make payments. Well, you're not the only ones. Did you know millions of Americans live with debt they cannot control? That's why I developed this unique new program for managing your debt. It's called Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. you should not buy anything. Hmm, sounds interesting. Sounds confusing. I don't know, honey. This makes a lot of sense. There's a whole section here on how to buy expensive things using money you save. Give me that. And where would you get this saved money? I tell you where and how in chapter three. Okay, but what if I want something but I don't have any money? You don't buy it. Well, let's say I don't have enough money to buy something. Should I buy it anyway? No. Now I'm really confused. It's a little confusing at first. Well, what if you have the money? Can you buy something? Yes. Now take the money away. Same story? Nope. You shouldn't buy stuff when you don't have the money. I think I got it. I buy something I want and then hope that I can pay for it, right? (laughs) No. You make sure you have money, then you buy it. Oh, then you buy it. But shouldn't you buy it before you have the money? No. Why not? It's in the book. It's only one page long. (laughs) The advice is priceless, and the book is free. Wow, I like the sound of that. Yeah, we can put it on our credit card. (laughs) So get out of debt now. Write for your free copy of Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. And if you order now, you'll also receive Seriously. If you don't have the money, don't buy it. Along with a 12-month subscription to Stop Buying Stuff magazine. So order today.
I think of that, and I just think of, you know, how easy it is, right, when we, when we think we know what freedom is, doing what we want, but then we end up just a slave to something else. And we end up in trapped, and we end up in pain, and we end up in situations that we shouldn't be in. Christ canceled the law, but that doesn't mean that we do whatever we want, because there's still wisdom in that. And there's still wisdom in listening to people, right? But we also have to keep in mind that we do make mistakes, right? We do fall short. We do fail. And I want to remind you of this truth that we can hold on to in Romans 8.15. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. We are not given the spirit to live in fear again. How often do we make mistakes and how often do we fall short and we cause that, that instills new fears in us to where we don't ever get up and go again? To this day, that video I showed you about teaching my son to ride a bike, that was back in May. To this day, he will not go back out and try. And we, have, we, have, um, we even had him take his training wheels off and throw them in the trash. And the next day, he went out and he got his helmet on and said, Oh, you going to try and ride your bike today? He said, no, I'm just going to ride my scooter. What? past fears are preventing him from experience freedom, right? That's what we're trying to explain to him. Man, when you do know how to ride your bike, and when you can ride your bike, you're going to enjoy it so much more. And that's what the Spirit is about, is how do we maximize our freedom and how do we enjoy our life? Understanding that, that being our own God or dictating our own lives is not freedom. It's not. It can just entrap us and enslave us to new things. So now let's take a look at what the, the, the freedoms are, right? I love how Blake said it last week. I think he, he really hit it on the head. He said, how you use your freedom reveals how free you really are. How you use your freedom reveals how free you really are. And so when we compare, so now let's move on through Galatians, right? Let's look at the acts of the flesh versus the uh, fruits of the Spirit. Uh, if we look at Galatians 5, 19 through 23, right? So if the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, on and on and on. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law. Just think about the, the traits you hate in other people versus the traits you love in other people. I mean, who, when, if we talk about acts of the flesh, drunkenness, right? Someone gets drunk and, and drives, drinking and driving and kills someone. Who looks at that person and says, man, what, a, what an awesome thing. That was good. He's a good guy getting drunk and going out and driving. We don't do that. I have a, I have a friend... Um, I played baseball with in high school. When I went to college, I used to, you know, even, even the small things here, I'm giving an example, even the smallest thing kind of uh, dictates how you think about other people. When I would come home from college, I would give him a call, and we'd go out to eat, kind of catch up on old times, but it was the same thing every time. Every time we sit down and eat, he would remind me of two things. I should have gotten rookie of the year freshman year, but I broke my arm. And remember when I hit the game-winning home run to send us to state? <laughs> it's the same thing every time. I just stopped calling him. I stopped hanging out with him. So I kept, oh my gosh, what an arrogant, cocky, little, whatever, right? Like, what? I just get tired of hanging out with him. We talk about people like that all the time. Like, oh, man. Yeah, John, you, you hear how much, uh, you hear him talk about how much money he makes again? Yeah, what a great guy. No, we hate that, right? 
But if we think about what we love in other people, man, yeah, he's a servant. He's always serving people. He's so patient. Those are the things we praise. So why don't we want that in ourselves? Because we have the law of sin at work in us. Just like Paul said, what I want to do, I don't do. <laughs> what I don't want to do, I do. <laughs> we have to realize that in ourselves, that we have this, this, this waging war in ourselves. And I think of even, um, for me, before I became a Christian, I had, I had anger issues. I don't, even know, I don't even know if my parents know this, but I can remember in my, in my room, if I came home with math homework and being up in my bedroom, if I could not figure out a math problem, I would turn my stereo up and curse words would just fly out of my mouth. I remember one time throwing my book. I was so mad because I couldn't understand it. Now, thank God I have a dad who's an engineer and knows math. So then eventually I'd just go down and my dad would help me. But I had serious anger issues. And I had anger issues even with my neighbors as we would play games outside. And I would get mad if the game didn't go my way. You know, I was that guy that would try and change the rules, you know, to fit what I was doing. Uh, I guarantee you my neighbors hated playing with me, right? I guarantee you they said some things about me. But man, thanks be to God that when I was living according to the Spirit, after I became a Christian, I was able to kind of reel that in, right? Life is much more fun when you're not doing acts of the flesh. It is not fun being mad if you have a fight with your spouse. It is not fun. Who enjoys that? Who enjoys that? And I look at my... Uh, gosh... You wouldn't believe the number of students that come into the class just miserable, caught up in drama, caught up in gossip, caught up on social media. And it's like, are you going to enjoy what life has to offer? But we can only enjoy that life if we understand the spirit that is given to us from God. We look at Romans 8.6. Romans 8.6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. We want to maximize your freedom. You have to understand that walking in the Spirit gives you life, adventure, enjoyment, fulfillment. And when I looked at peace, the Greek word used for this is uh, irene, irene. And the literal translation for peace in this case is not necessarily harmony with others, but wholeness. Feeling complete, feeling whole. That's what the Spirit offers you. It offers you wholeness, feeling complete, finding enjoyment, finding fulfillment, that Christ offers this. And the way we can get this is that the fruits of the Spirit maximizes your freedom. When we can look at the fruits of the Spirit, and we can look at that, we can look ourselves in the mirror, and am I doing these things? And when you do these things, God begins to reveal Himself in new ways. The fruits of the Spirit allows us to point others to Christ, right? Faith is seen. When you look back at Galatians 5.16, it says, walk by the Spirit. And I think initially when I first read this, I was just thinking walk by the Spirit. just kind of a state of being, right? It's just kind of figurative speech. But when I looked up the Greek word for walk, it's peripateo, which literally means walk around. The act of actually literally walking around. And suddenly it hit me that when we talk about these fruits of the spirits, it's not just like a state of being. It means to walk out there and do these things. It means go outside the door. It means to literally walk around. Walk around and do these things. And it hits me that if we want to maximize our freedom, we've got to engage with others. When we live by the Spirit and we engage with others, when we talk about all those fruits of the spirits, love, joy, peace, patience, they all have to do with interacting with others. 
And I had someone tell me uh, one time, after I preached a few times, they said, I can tell you're passionate about community group. <laughs> so I'm going to make another pitch. I'm going to make another pitch. If you want to maximize your freedom and you want to experience what it means to be free in Christ, be engaged with a community of believers. Join a community group. Be a part of a community group. Prioritize that in your life. Prioritize that. We don't want to play defense, right? Where we're just, are we following these laws? But do we also just want to be a bench warmer? Move forward, right? Maximize your freedom. So let's finish out in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 through 26. It's the last part of the passage, right? It says, freedom moves you forward. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Keep in step with the Spirit. I'm reminded of in John when, when Jesus says, Abide in me and I will abide in you. Are we keep in step with the Spirit. Are we abiding in Christ? Are we, are we praying? Are we studying Scripture with other people? Are we reading Scripture for ourselves? Are we uh, being ingrained and integrated into who Christ is so that we can understand what it means to walk in the Spirit? When we think about these fruits of the Spirit, so I'm reminded, I kind of forgot this story. I was talking with someone a couple, um, couple weeks ago, and this person has uh, been in the job for a while. It's a job of, of a high position, a job of influence, a job of uh, having a lot of knowledge, right? And this person said that, yeah, whenever I would go somewhere, they would always try and pump me for information, right? Because I'm in a, I'm in a pretty high position, so I know things, right? They would just pump me for information. And this person said, I figured out a long time ago, that if you just play dumb, it works. <laughs> and she was talking about, uh, so just play dumb. And then eventually they stop. Because I know that if I give in and I give them the information they want, that's when rumors start, that's when gossip starts, that's when people misunderstand people's motives, and that's when people who shouldn't know things begin to uh, you know, skew the information. So now that I just play dumb. When we looked at the fruits of the spirits, we're like, I wonder if that is one of the fruits of the spirits. And we realized self-control, right? And now she's been doing this for 20 years. She's like, I feel a lot more freedom when I avoid getting caught up in work gossip and you know those kind of things. I experience much more freedom, and I'm not bothered by that. Now this person walks around in freedom in that. And so in keeping in step with the Spirit, if you think back to the video, right, what's guiding your steps? <laughs> I should have been guiding day steps on the bike, right? An overweight, deaf-blind guy? Like, I mean, what? <laughs> that, that certainly didn't help. What's guiding your steps? What illusion of freedom is preventing you from walking in the Spirit? What illusion of freedom or hindrance is preventing you from moving forward and maximizing your freedom? I think of the story of the rich young ruler where um, Scripture tells us this rich young ruler came to Jesus and says, What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus starts listing off some commandments, right? The law. The rich young ruler says, I've done all those things. Check, 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 check. Living according to the law, right? I've done all those things. Playing defense, right? I'm playing it safe. Yeah, I can check those. Jesus says, one thing you lack. Go and sell everything you have, right? The rich young ruler, go and sell everything you have and give to the poor. And the man walked away sad for he had much wealth. 
And what's fascinating about this story is when he first approaches Jesus, he calls him good teacher. And Jesus says, why do you call me good teacher? No one is good but God alone. In other words, call me good because I'm God, not because I'm a teacher. And then the next time he addressed him, he just called him teacher. Totally missed it. Maybe if he had realized that Jesus was God and could walk in steps with God and walk in step with the Spirit, Jesus was asking him to play offense. Yeah, you've done these things, okay. But now move forward with the Spirit. Move forward with the Spirit. And the guy totally missed the point, and he walked away. I don't want us to fail to realize how we really want to maximize our freedom because his wealth, his wealth, and him wanting to do what he wanted, and we already know now that that is not freedom, just doing what you want. Him wanting what he wanted prevented him from experiencing what full freedom was. Now think of this idea of um, my son, all you that are parents probably have your kids in elementary school have this, this color coding system. When Zay walks into school on Monday morning, he'll be on green. Anything that he does bad in school, like right now his problem is his inside voice. We told his teachers, oh, he's got a deaf, dad, a deaf daddy, so he's got to you know, talk loud. Right? We're making excuses for him. But uh, he, he struggled with inside voice, right? So when he doesn't do something well, he bumps down a color, right? He goes down to the yellow and the orange and the red, and it's like, you know, <laughs> there's hell, okay? <laughs> Doing bad things, acting according to the flesh, going to send you to hell. All right, anyways. But when he does good things, when he does good things, he can move up. Right, it goes like to blue, and then up to purple, and then pink. Now, if he's on green at the end of the week, that's good. Green's where he started. He didn't go down, but he didn't go up either. And I think that's what the Spirit allows us to do, because as he moves up, the whole point of that is to realize the leadership that they have in them. That's where you can maximize who he is. That's when he begins to understand how to maximize your potential, how to maximize your freedom. But you don't move up unless you are doing good things. He can sit there and do nothing and not move down. But what is he doing to bring others around him up as well? That's what the whole leadership is about, right? How are you engaging and interacting with others? And as a parent, isn't that where I want him? I want him on pink. As a parent, that's what I want. And if we know that's what we want in our kids, why don't we want that in ourselves? Why wouldn't we want to kind of look at ourselves, our own life that way, and think to ourselves at the end of the day, am I on pink or am I still on green? <laughs> Well, my down and red. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to end with this. We're going to end in Romans. Romans 6, verse 11 and 14. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. We have to understand that grace is what guides us. Grace has set us free. Do not live in fear again. As we shared earlier, right? The Spirit is given to us not that we live in fear again. But let grace guide you. Let, we have to acknowledge that grace lets us live on a path to God. And that's why I really love that. We are, we are not dead to sin, but alive to God. It's a journey. And think about as you are a part of this church, what can this church help you? How can we help you? be on that journey to God so that we can maximize what your freedom is because we know that it is nothing without Christ. Thanks be to God for putting His Son on a cross that we can cancel the written code and not live in fear again, but to walk in newness of life and to understand where God can take us and living to God. And I cannot wait till the day 
that my son finally realizes he doesn't have to live in fear and can ride his bike and enjoy it. Now, I got to think, how is that true in my life as well, in our spiritual life? So let's pray as the band comes back up. Father God, we look to you as our creator, God, not ourselves. Father God, helps to understand that freedom is not just doing what we want. Helps to understand that you complete us, you alone guide us, you alone fulfill us, you alone move us forward, God. As we think about if we are to keep in step with the Spirit, Father God, just I just pray that each one of us would think about what's our next step. What's our next step, God, as a church, as an individual, as a family? God, we pray that you would help us to understand how we can maximize that freedom so we can, we can ful- be fulfilled and enjoy life and life abundantly as you have promised, God. We thank you for setting us free from the law. But God, we pray that you would point us to freedom in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.